Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses the Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We're really glad to have you down here. Got a great little set of podcasts for you this week, kicking things off, talking about my man Glenn Campbell. Uh, he is a uh, he's one of the most recognizable country artists in the world. That's because he's one of the best. He's one of the best musicians, period. He uh, was a part of the Wrecking Crew. They had a brilliant documentary on that, which I recommend you. You go ahead and check. That was the L.A. Uh, group uh, collective that played on pretty much every hit. They were the Monkees, for example. Um, and then had a astounding, uh, not just country music career, television career. Uh, the man did it all. In 2011, he was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, uh, did a farewell tour, and they made a documentary about that. I suggest you also see it as brilliant and heartbreaking, as is a lot of this album. Uh, this is the name of the album's Adios. And for uh, for this, uh, I think appropriately, he decided to play songs that he had always wanted to record, that he'd always loved as a as a sort of a, a goodbye to to this life that he uh, now can no longer really participate in. Um, and uh, it, it highlights exactly the the immensity of the talent uh, that he that he had within him and that he shared with the world. Um, joining us down here to talk about that is going to be Marcus Dowling, you know him, and uh, and one Michael Kentoff of a, a DC band here, DC-ish band called the Caribbean or Caribbean, whichever way you want to say it. I couldn't get a straight answer out of him. Um, and uh, and you know this is a guy who uh, has been a musician for all his life, uh, studies, it just knows his shit, as you will soon find out. Uh, and uh, and hopefully you're going to be hearing a lot more of them on this podcast. But for this one, I think this was the perfect, perfect pairing, perfect panel to be talking about this. So uh, so we're going to be doing that, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna play you a little classic, Glenn Campbell, at the back end of this, just in case you you weren't familiar. So um, get ready for a little information dump, a little feels and whatnot, and uh, let's head on down to the basement, kids. Talk about Glenn Campbell's final album, Adios. It's uh, <laughs> it's Dada. It's, 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 you know, it's, I, I know, I know. <laughs> but that's like the one word in the English language that so you're just like, I need to know. Uh, tell me. I need to know. Yeah. You know. Well, no. This Copenhagen or Copenhagen, and I have a lot of friends from from Copenhagen. It's Copenhagen. Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. Among yeah. the Danes, it's Copenhagen. Really? Which I okay. didn't know until no. I. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've yeah, but what are the names? Though we can pronounce whatever the fuck we what want. <laughs> Not if they get the podcast, you get, you get hate mail. I mean, look, we have a good Danish contingent. I, I get a map. 
of like where we're listening to. Well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's. So, I I so, never we, been there, but I that's one of my. That's on my short list of Copenhagen's on my short list of places. It's, that I really it's, it's a good little town. Uh, you been there? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh no, I, I really want to go there. It's cool. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if they're like being called a good little town, but we're not on the air yet. So yeah, matter. no, we're, we're rolling. Always that, rolling. That's Michael Kentoff oh. of the <laughs> Caribbean talking shit about Copenhagen. Um, I'm defending Copenhagen and, def- I and defending Copenhagen and okay. and, and uh, welcome, sir. We, Thank you. We've been uh, we've been wanting to talk about your music or and or having you down here. We have a mutual friend in Chad Clark. We do, and probably he, others too. Probably but, others, but, but yes. But but, but Chad has has uh, long sung your praises and been like, "You got to know my friend Michael. You got to uh, you got to talk to him, and he can talk a lot." And, yeah. <laughs> that's good. And, and we'll 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 see how this. This well, plays out. It's yeah. funny because Chad and I, it's not a regular thing, but we sort of have, it's supposed to be just us getting together and drinking beer and listening to music, and they end up becoming almost like salons. Yeah. Probably not unlike this, where we end up talking, and and uh, probably your show first came up in that context where we were talking, yeah, this is pretty good, we should have recorded that. I mean, half joking, but he's like, well, actually, yeah, my friend Kevin yeah. does do this in a way, and, and, uh, <laughs> and actually broadcasts it. I'm like, 300 fucking episodes almost. Almost. Wow. So many goddamn hours of us running our mouth. It's not, It's it shouldn't be legal. This is uh Well, one of the problems is when I, when Chad and I work together, because he's produced most of our records, a lot of time goes on talking about shit that has nothing to do with the record. Or maybe yeah. it does in some mystic way, but you know, it, it's, it, you know, like, like, Dave, my band, was like, are yeah. we being built for this conversation? Because this is three hours now. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 uh, it's part of the production. There, there's no plan. accounting, there's no accounting for anyone's taste, and, and you would be surprised what people will listen to. They've listened to us. <laughs> I, no, I, it's, people will listen to, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, welcome to the basement. Thank sir. you. I'm glad happy to be here. As, Mr. Dowling, you're back. I'm back. You're back on, on yet another D-back. country podcast. Gotta be. Gotta you're be. You're regular. Uh, you're like I, Tody Fields on the Merv Griffin show. I, I, wow, that's a great, that's a great that recall. Yeah, that's well, an amazing recall. Seriously. You know, that's about all I remember from my childhood. Tody Fields. <sighs> we on the are. Griffin show. Uh, I, I look. We're going to talk about my childhood during this podcast. Yeah, actually. probably. I probably. mean, because we we are, I, and, and this just popped up on the uh, on the old Facebook reminder drawn. Uh, we have been friends now for four years. Holy, which that's like four I, years? I have friends that have been like I've been friends with like 15, 20, 25, but I was like. Four years I've known Dowling? What the fuck? What the? Yeah. Wow. So it doesn't seem like that long? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because when I, I think the first time I met you was at the Hamilton. Uh, yeah. I forget what show it was. And then all of a sudden, uh, then we were talking about Yeezus. And then we couldn't talk yeah. about Yeezus because you showed up early. But we just sat and like drank a beer and listened to Yeezus. Right. That's right. Because I showed up the day before. Yep. That's right. Yep. And you've been on... And now you're doing uh, this. many other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm a oh, fairly frequent contributor. You're to this regular, podcast. or almost. You know, to the extent that there is. I, I, I think yeah, this year for for sure because you've yeah, been yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, shit, probably seventy five percent of them. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, we, wow. we have we have yeah. we have this large crew that has uh, some people have had babies, some people have busier jobs, some mm-hmm. people left the country, uh, some people left us. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and uh, you know, so times change. Wow, so, so it's the cycle of life. All, it, the it is. all in one basement. Beautiful stuff, man. On a wooden table with cats. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, no, but we're down here uh, tonight to talk about uh, Glenn Campbell and his 
latest and last album, Adios. And uh, the reason, you know, I, I knew this was coming out, and I had it tagged, and I said, hey, man, to myself, <laughs> I said, hey, man, should we, what, what should we do with this? Because generally you think about albums late in life, never mind the last album, uh, it, right. it's going to be ass. I mean, that, that is the expectation. Um, and, then, and then I started to think more about it, and I was like, well, uh, this guy from Arkansas, he... Uh, you know, he was born to farmers. Yeah. And he uh, went from there to L.A. and then became one of the greatest session musicians, if not the greatest session musician one of, yeah. of, of all time. He was with the Wrecking Crew. Yep. Uh, which, let's see if I have, I have it on the list here. Um, played on uh, records by Bobby Darren, Ricky Nelson, Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, the Monkees. They were the Monkees. They were the Monkees. They were the Monkees. <laughs> right. right. Uh, right. Nancy Sinatra, Merle Haggard, Jan and Dean, Elvis Presley, Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra, and Phil Spector's sound. Uh, over the course of Beach fifty plays. years, mm-hmm. he played with Pet Sounds. Yeah, he played on Pet Sounds. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. also toured with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Over the course of fifty years, the man put out sixty studio albums, including this one. If you include live albums, there's seventy. Had hits um, with people like uh, uh, shit. Uh, Jimmy Webb, I think, was on a bunch of them, but. A Gentle on My Mind, uh, By the Time I Get the Phoenix, Galveston, Rhinestone Cowboy, which we're going to talk about even though it's done on this album, oh, Southern Nights, be. which was Alan Toussaint's song, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, maybe his finest hour, uh, maybe Wichita Lineman. I wish it were an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so great. Yeah. I can listen to that song and yeah. nonstop. Yeah, that's everybody says. Eduardo couldn't be here, and he was just like, that's... That's yeah, my end, that's my end yeah. of NLA song. So, so what we're saying here is this guy is um, more so than I think anybody we've ever talked about on this podcast. This is a guy who who is the modern music industry. In 2011, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, uh, and at that time did a final tour. They made a documentary out of it, which you haven't seen, Michael. No, uh, but, but, but I, I did see a show on the tour. Yeah, but I you saw a show on the tour. I have it's called uh, Glenn Campbell. I'll be me if you can get through that and not cry. <laughs> it's uh, you know, but what was apparent from there is, is that despite him losing some of his facilities, uh, he remained this consummate musician, and he could forget where he was on stage, and they show it like uh, in various concerts. But he would never forget where he was in a song, uh, which we'll talk a little bit yeah. about because it, it speaks a lot to what music does for uh, mental health and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, after that tour, uh, he basically uh, went off the road. Uh, there was a, there was Ghost in Canvas, which is a bunch of cover songs, which is covering a Paul Westerberg song. Oh, which that's the title song. And yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. monster song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really beautiful. It was song. great for Paul Westerberg to come back and do that, but then to hear him do that, yeah, it was just like, and they kind of give it the Al Laurie treatment, the yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wichita Lyman treatment, but it it works. Very, it's a beautiful song. I, yeah. mean, I hadn't heard that until I saw him live. Yeah, and he's playing all the big hits, and that one fit in very comfortably without being too retro. It yeah. just fit in because it was like a really good song. Yeah, it was a beautiful melody. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it, it's something that maybe Glenn Campbell like would have written back in the sure. day. Sure, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is he more of a writer or interpreter? I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get, figure that. We'll get out. to we'll that. I have, okay. a, I have a comment um, on that. Yeah, but uh, I think the last people have heard of him was or from him was in uh, 2016. Uh, Rolling Stone 
reported that he was living in Nashville. He's at a memory care facility, which is uh, tailored to needs of patients with Alzheimer's. Um, he hasn't passed away, but said he was in the final stages of the disease, and uh, he was uh, not really communicative, but he was okay after I think his daughter said that. he was happy. He was yeah, happy. He was happy. Um, he no, he can't speak or understand language. Right, but he is is comfortable. Whatever that means, I don't really know what it means. But right, yeah. But um, so so we're going to talk a little bit about his, I think, legacy, and then uh, and this and this last album that he put out, and and I think we're going to kick it off with a song that everybody knows, um, but. This, a lot of people have covered this song, and a lot of people have covered it well. I think every, it's it's just a motherfucker of a song. But when mm-hmm. you hear this, um, in the context of of an album that is about memory, it is about. It doesn't lean too heavily on, like look in my past, but it is, right. like it, it winks at it, which was always sort of his his deal. But this is a everybody's talking, the lead off track of audios. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear a word to say Only the echoes of my mind People stop and staring But I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going Everybody's talking from Glenn Campbell. The um, if you thought the darkest uh, or the album that had the darkest humor on it was going to be a Glenn Campbell album <laughs> in 2017, uh, you know, uh, uh, echoing in the memories of my mind, I won't. And, and at the end of it, like he says, uh, I won't leave my love behind. And, and so, it's a tacit acknowledgement of. And he didn't write the song. It's a tacit acknowledgement of his loss of memory, his loss of facilities, his loss of everything, but he's saying, I will always love you. I suppose, I mean, I suppose that's true. I mean, I don't think, he didn't really write any of his hits. Those were all other writers. Yeah. So that's not necessarily unusual, and I think that in a way, I mean, and this is just from what I've read, um, these are songs that he'd liked for a long, long time, and he never got a chance to record. Funny thing about Everybody's talking is that I I, uh, I heard this, I thought this, and I played it for my friend Dave Jones, and he said exactly the same thing without prompting, which was, well, I can't believe he hasn't recorded that before. It's such a natural. Right, right. It's yeah. like the perfect Glenn Campbell song, right. you know? Right. It's, and and it, it just never, it never. Well, he was around when Nilsson was around doing well, it. Well, he so was, I mean, and he did songs that were, that were 
he did songs that were this good, so. you know. But but it's it's just a it was a weird. I had this. We had exactly the same reaction. Was that? Oh yeah, he never did this song. But and you're hearing it, and it sounds like something that you could have heard thirty years ago, easily. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's a it's a Glenn Campbell type song. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like I think that the one thing about this this whole album for me was like just thinking about how communal music was in that era for like 50 years of music music was a really communal group of like artists and singers and producers and ARs and a lot of the same people worked on the same people's albums and it was a really insular thing so it's entirely possible to feel like you hear a song and you're like how come glenn campbell didn't record that because <laughs> it's entirely possible right. that he could have like right. you well, about, no, absolutely absolutely yeah, like, like by the time i get to phoenix it's like i made sure to play like isaac hayes's version and then his version and there's a thing about glenn that's funny because it's like he was so inside of like the top level of the industry that like i feel like when you hear him do something he's like taking what the hit sounded like and then he's like got his own little spin on it that's so like rich and imbued with like the nature of like what it takes to make like a great song because he Mm -hmm. made all the great songs and then it's like almost like a conversation between the two and then when you hear like somebody like isaac hayes who's like clearly outside of that like structure like try to sing it he's like over singing it and singing around it and the the uh the the what's it like the um the the arrangement's different and everything in some ways and you're just like it's also i mean isaac hayes had the uh had the power of of just sex i mean yeah yeah, but but you know (laughs) it, 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 it is a very different feel on on those two versions of those songs because it's weird uh Isaac Hayes intentionally portrays it as a little more lascivious. It's like, right. Yeah, girl. But but this is uh, when he sings that it's it's a little more uh, innocent and yeah and uh, belies the time that the song was written. Right. But yeah, I it don't... wasn't meant to be a sex. Jam. No, it's not. That's the thing that, that no, gets me. But it is a, it is a love them leave them song. Oh, so yeah, in yeah, that yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. it can certainly be the player. Right. You know. Yeah. Do it be even though even though one doesn't assume that that's what Jimmy Webb was thinking about or no. that Clint Campbell was thinking well, about. Yeah, it may well have been. You know, well, he, just, he, he, he was, but it's, a, well, I don't know for sure, but he, he, songs are about, like, love and lust. Like, there's only certain stories in songs in general, especially back then, and and the, the trick was to make them palatable for, like, audiences. Right. Well, Jimmy Webb is, uh, is constantly heartbroken. I mean, he did a yeah. whole, yeah, yeah, he did a whole album with the Fifth Dimension mm-hmm. um, that's all about this woman just destroying him. Yeah, he's got Marilyn McCoo singing about it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's the whole I record heard that name in twenty years. Uh, she's <laughs> one of my, she's one of my she's one of my, <laughs> yeah. she's like my first. She and Barbara Feldman are my first loves. Excellent, you know, call, like, man. They're the perfect women, but. Uh, you know that the Magic Garden, which is a great record, yeah. and it's all, everything but one song is Jimmy Webb, and it's all about how he was just crushed by mm-hmm. this woman, yep. you know, who left him, and so that I think of that. I think by the time I get to Phoenix, is kind of he's just he's he's got the one leaving, and he's crushed by it, yeah. And that Campbell is very tapped into Jimmy Webb, and just, right. I get it, I can do this, yeah. Whether it's happened to him or not, I can do this, right. Isaac Hayes, of course, is like I don't really care about that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I hear the I see the words on the paper. Uh-huh. I know, and I I just think the character is mm-hmm. is actually written this way. Yeah, of just being 
you know, I, yeah, I'll think about you, but I'm not going to have any regret because I'm moving. Yeah, yeah. I'm moving forward. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway, Did anybody else have the feeling when you listen to this record, this whole album, you're like, how many songs did Glenn Campbell think about? I mean, even given that he was like, had like the facilities, like put that together, the faculties, like how many songs did this man really think about in like a daily basis that like, he's like, man, I wish I would have recorded that or I wish I would have recorded that. And then when you go through that large like volume of songs and you like whittle it down and you really like start to think about like, okay, so like if he thinks it's a great song, then like, man, like we really like messed up and there's a lot of great like music in the world that really didn't get the critical acclaim that it deserved we know that's true yeah no but yeah. Like, when you see something like this which is the to me the, the joy of the album is like you're like wow okay so like you know funny how time slips away mm-hmm. i should probably listen to that again and really dig into like what makes that thing like incredible because if glenn campbell thinks it's incredible then well, that's an interesting Obviously, song. it's incredible. That's an interesting song, because that's almost a standard, even though it's a country song. Yeah. The yeah. version that I know best, and I can't remember his name, is, is, a, is a soul version of it. Yeah, it's Al Green. No, no I, not, not he may Al's. have done it, but I, yeah. that's not the one I'm thinking okay, of. Yeah, I, just, I'll, I'll I can't remember it. who it is. Um, and it's it's very much like, it's it, it, it goes like a standard. You can sing it in any kind of way, and it kind of works. And I'm not a Willie Nelson guy, but it's, right. yeah. you know, it... it it's just it's a it's it's kind of a timeless song, right? Yeah, which which a lot of the songs on this album are. I mean, you know, for fuck's sake, he's covering "Don't Think Twice." It's all right. <laughs> that that probably to I me mean, is the is the is the is the swing and miss on the record. For I, me. Yeah, I, I think it is for the for the uh, for the cleverness. It's like also, put it on there. It's yeah. also just it just I don't know that that Glenn Campbell is necessarily right for that kind of Dylan song, and I think that it's. I mean that's a that's a tricky song. It's a protest song. It's and I just don't. I don't. I, I this is one where I just didn't think he. It almost like his the sweetness of his voice, even at this age, sweetness of his voice doesn't do that any favors. Well, well, here's an interesting thing too, and I think the reason that is is it's it's the sweetness of his voice, but also you have to remember in the early seventies, late sixties, early seventies, like Gun Campbell had a TV show, oh, yes, and this did. is what, this is where country music went. Like people forget this is before hee haw. This is like before Lawrence Welk. This is well, not before Lawrence Welk. Well, it wasn't before yeah, Lawrence Welk, but it's it in, yeah. in that vicinity. Yeah, and and so you could tune in on uh, I forget what night it was on, and you would see Glenn Campbell, and Sunday. it was like it was like a variety show. Oh, it was a variety show. I, yeah. I kind of have a dim. I have memory a dim memory of, of, of repeats of it, and, and in yeah, probably what was, I saw. Yeah. I just don't remember what it was like. I right. remember he was really likable. Right, and so you have this like like just really smiley guy come out and then you don't even get at the time that like when he's sitting in on a song you're like fuck that dude could play guitar okay you don't right you don't you, you so, don't get in and you're and you're exposed to a lot of the pop hits of the of the day or at least the pop country of right. the day and and that was for a long time you know 50 years as a career like you can 10 years he might not even well he doesn't remember but he, he right you might not even yeah. remember 10 years of your career be like i did what when Right. Oh, I'm sure that's true. So there's this, like, I thought we've talked about this before in the podcast. Mm. I used to go on these trips, these vacations to uh, a, a trailer park in West Virginia, in Falling Waters, West Virginia. My mom would take me there, make me think that it was Disneyland, and it worked for many a year. And one of the, the key parts of going, and there was this, like, woman who lived across the, 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 the lot from 
the lot that like they had the double wide that we stayed in and her and her family they watched like country television every day of the week and falling waters west virginia and one of the big things for me was growing up every summer for like three or four years knowing that glenn campbell only existed in infomercials <laughs> like yeah. he was and it was like his show and it's, uh, somebody was selling it on like VHS. Oh yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. This infomercial VHS commercial of like the highlights of his show. And you had no idea that he had a recording career, that he's an artist, right? I know, yeah, right, right. But I just knew that he sang every song the exact same way. Like it was like every like from from pop standards to old Frank Sinatra style standards to like sixties protest songs, whatever. It was all like. Yeah, I think he probably. I mean, well, I guess I guess the the, the complimentary way of saying that is he has his own yeah. style, yeah, it was, it his was, own it voice. Was, but yes, I mean, especially on the show, yeah. which is going to be more like an assembly line, right? You know, it's like okay, well, I want we want you to sing the new B.J. Thomas hit. Okay, I'll sing. You know, <laughs> you know, great drops, pull it right, away. whatever. You know, yeah. and and, I'm, and he could pull it off. It would sound great. It would sound fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. and and so yeah, I mean. This song, kind of too. I was like, oh, he's never covered this before. Yeah, yeah. Not like it was with everybody's talking because everybody's talking happened at a time where he was the he was super happening. He was making records with Al yeah. Laurie on Capitol Records, mm-hmm. and they were. I didn't look to see. He might have played on it. I, I, that's Al just... Laurie was a was a was the guy was a producer and the guy who did all. I think did all the strings. There was it Al yeah, Laurie. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I and so that was when that song came out initially. The Fred Neal song came out. Mm-hmm. It was right around there, so it surprises me because like he would have been all over that. Yeah, like I don't care who else is doing this. I'm doing this song. It doesn't have to be the single, but I'm doing it. I'm putting yeah. it on a record with "Gentle on My Mind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah, exactly. it makes sense. Yeah, so, um, perfect B side. Perfect B side. Take on that. Well, right? it's, it's the been same kind of B-side. rolling sort of thing, you know, with yeah. the banjo and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, this song that we've sort of mentioned a few times. Funny how time slips away. Uh, I want to play a little bit of uh, because. You, when you think of icons that are left these days, at least in this in country music or country, what I don't even know what the fuck you call it anymore. Pop, pop. <laughs> um, you know, there was this guy for for the music nerds, and then there's Willie Nelson for everybody else. Yep, and uh, and to have them on the same track uh, at at the end of something here is sort of phenomenal. So this is funny how time slips away. It's been a long, long time How am I doing? Well, I guess that I'm doing fine Been so long now But it seems like it was only yesterday Ain't it funny How time Slips away And how's your new love Well I hope that he's doing fine And I heard you told him 
love him till the end of time That's the same thing That you told me That it seems like only yesterday guitar duel there kind of says it all um you know if first of all if you hear and granted they were around at the same time but you hear what glenn campbell just played i mean he did he actually did play a lot of the stuff on the album yeah um versus what willie just played willie is sort of chasing him but with the, willie has willie has his gear oh yeah <laughs> and, right. yeah and, and, and willie sounds like willie but the actual like way they were played uh they lock in and it sounds uh it's gorgeous it sounds good and and, and as i understand it i mean I, I certainly experienced this when i saw him but probably the last thing to go was his guitar yeah playing. and i you know when i saw him at the birch mirror it was the farewell tour i'd never seen him before glenn campbell it is and um i don't know i'm thinking they opened with galveston but i don't even know right and I was kind of nervous for him because I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know how he was doing. You know, and he's looks okay. He's got a Strat or GNL Strat on, whatever it is. You know, and he's playing and and uh, solo happens and he just tears it up. It was it was, had jazz elements. It was it was not simple. It was not just following the melody. It was tearing through the melody, and it was really it was pretty profound. In fact, if you Listen to the Wichita Lyman that's on the soundtrack for the movie. Yeah, yeah. This guitar playing is it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and he gets a couple of words mixed up. Doesn't the guitar doesn't play matter. does not it doesn't <laughs> matter. Stuff. because you get, you, you get to that sick. you get to that deep tremolo just the original thing. Well, that, like, he's also not he's also not taking the easy way out in the solo either. Right, he does stuff that's like you know that's serious guitar. He was taking risks, yeah. which is you know what you want to hear, but yeah. that's a lot to ask for somebody who's. You know, His he, mind is going, so that, it's really interesting. And and he was like maybe generation one and a half of the people that laid the foundation for what country guitar playing should be, right? You know, so he he knows all this stuff. He in turn, I mean, that's that's what the the Wrecking Crew got hired because they could pretty much do anything, right? Like if you said it in front of them, and this is this is something that I I think is, uh, not lost on the world these days, but certainly lost in the industry. We don't have groups of people that you can just say hire this. This group of people, uh, except maybe no, West Coast funny, get them. No, no, no. Funny story. Funny story. Um, I was talking with a couple of like rap producers who were make trying to make like mainstream classic pop records now because this is what the industry requires of them. Because you know the the rappers are now friends with the pop stars. Katy Perry makes all with Migos, and now they all get right. together. 
and they're trying to like find that happy medium. Though it was funny to like talk to people who sit in front of computers all day about things that like the wrecking crew did and things that like the West Coast get down do now, yeah. and they're just like, there's not a button that I can press for like what Carol Kay did when she played a Mo- played Motown record. I just can't hit that button and be like, there, put that on this record. He's, yeah. like, he's like, I can't do that. And it's funny, like, because you would think it's like that analog to digital thing. You think you can do everything digitally that you couldn't do just like sitting there with an instrument. But then there's things that like when you understand how to control and master an instrument to that degree that you could just do that are like mind blowing. Well, and, and also just the, you know, the, the, the style. I mean, in other words, a player has his or her own style. I mean. I think it was, it was Jerry Garcia said, assuming that everybody plays at the edge of their ability, what their style is, what you hear is the limitations. Yeah. Kind of a negative no, that, space. That, yeah. Look at yeah. Which, which is, I don't think he was saying that as a definitive, you know, but I, but it made some sense. And I think that that you can't, you can't just do that. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very human. It's very intuitive. Um, but yeah, I mean that's you know no they're gonna need people who can play. I mean the only other people I can think of who do kind of do that are the people out in um, Brooklyn who did the Amy Winehouse stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, they yeah. play sessions. Yeah, they yeah. do now. But they yeah. well, but, well, but it has to be very specific right. kind well, of music. Zap Zap Kings. Yeah. Kings for sure. Um, but it has to be a very specific kind of music. The Wrecking Crew played anything that right. matter. Well, it's funny you know now that I think about it, the Dap Kings are a good example, but not not just Dap Kings like the whole label Dap Tone. We're friends with the the guys in Mystery Lights. And so that's on their, I forget what the imprint is, but it's their one rock band. But they now have fit into, like, they plug them into everything Daptone is doing. And so they're they're building something like that. It's not it's not quite there yet. Right. But, like, if you see Mike Brandon on a record, yeah. who is the front man uh, of Mystery Lights and, for my money, one of the best modern front men, period. Uh, Solid, yeah. But you, you see him, uh, and then you see him on, like, a Budos band record, mm-hmm. you know, then, sure. then there's, there's a lot of cross pollination going on, but this idea of the group is, uh, is not as healthy as it should be. Well, it's just different. It's a different world. I mean, did you, did you see the, the, um, Danny Tedesco documentary? I you don't know, think so. Tommy Tedesco's son, Tommy Tedesco was being the main guitar yes, player. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I made a movie a few years ago. About the record crew. crew. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've definitely seen it. I mean, and for these guys, and I and I heard him also on Mark Maron's show, but you know Denny, that is, it's like it. Tommy Disco left in the morning, went to work, and he came home. So you know, it was it was a job. He, he obviously he loved it. He was it yeah. was it was a, he was an artist, but it was a job. He took it seriously. He had responsibilities, and he also had to make money to feed his family. Right, and so. That that model doesn't really exist anymore. First of all, the money isn't in music anymore in that right. way. So you can't make a living playing mm-hmm. sessions in the same way that you could then. They right. had several sessions a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen anymore. Of course. Um, and part of that is the proliferation of bands. But even though there were bands and they would, like the first Birds record they played, yeah. Wrecking Crew is on some of that first record. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just the way that the, the industry has changed so much. Which yeah. I, goes to the whole Spotify thing, but, but whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. in terms of, it's just not, it's not a, it's not the same money industry that it was before, which I don't right. think is a bad thing or a good thing. It just is. Yeah. It's reality, but you don't get, you're not going to see the wrecking crew in that kind of situation. Cause you could never 
keep those people together. Yeah, you well, you can never keep those people together, but, like, I often wonder if it is, like, changing tastes, if it's change, just changing the basic economics of stuff. Like, why? Because a lot of what we, and we're, we're, we will be talking about this explicitly on, on another podcast, um, you know, what what has changed so much that, like, there's no place for Glenn Campbell except for as Superstar. And part of what makes this album, part of what we're talking about, too, is because he was a superstar. Oh, no he, 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 he moved out of this unit that were all superstars, but not recognized superstars, and, and made his name. Like, this is, this is the brand. This is, and, and I think a lot about, like, what has changed that doesn't necessarily allow that. Mm. Because you have a lot of anonymous players playing on, like, Taylor Swift's or Rihanna records, and a lot of times they're the same bands for years. And so that, these these are these are like that may be, and that may be the yeah. wrecking crews of today, and even and who knows what's going on in Nashville? Yeah. I don't know enough about it. Right. There may be a wrecking crews. Right, there's a but, you know it's different. It's a different. Yeah, okay, so I I used to do this thing for uh, MySpace, and when they tried to relaunch MySpace, where they would uh, give us an album, and they would say write about everything in the liner notes, like every single player in the liner notes. And I can tell you that the same players that played on Lady Gaga's record that year, played on the Justin Timberlake record that came out that year, played on like three or four records that came out that year. So there's a, but there's like one group of people. And the mm. funny thing is that they hire these people now because they do literally one thing well. They hire like the same right. horn section to play on every single right. album that has horns because they, they play like one specific style of horn very which is, very well which is totally different than the wrecking crew because they would adapt to whatever the session right, was and it's, right it's a, it's a different thing it's like glenn campbell could literally play any style of guitar well, you wanted if you walked in and you said hey yeah so i need a flamenco style like you know or play bass on this song this. i'll do that fine whatever right. I mean, you just just adapt and because you need it you need to get paid you need to earn a living but also that's the you, I, you to be a a working musician, you had to be able to roll with the punches, and right. you yeah. know it was, and and that speaks, I think, to where music is right now because it's like okay, so like it happens in a silo, like there's a very narrow, like for like popular music. Well, that's true. There's a very narrow silo for what that sounds like, looks like, feels like. In the era when Glenn Campbell played most of his hits and played on other people's hits, there was this broad spectrum of stuff you could do because you. The, the the palette was broader. I we mean, didn't stratify them saying. into yeah. genres necessarily. Right. It's like Glenn Campbell could be huge to people in Nashville, but he could be huge to a family well, in Montgomery County, Maryland, who watched some on TV. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, I mean, you, and think about when the big, the quote unquote big bang of music was not necessarily recorded music, but when the big bang of music. Is yeah, it? yeah. As far as, that would have been uh, as far as like pop music, like like seventies. No, no. I mean, like probably Journey. No, like, nah, Journey. Journey's the singularity, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell is. I don't even no, know why I said I, that. I, I, I'm thinking more uh, back in like the mid '50s or whatever, and and when all of a sudden all this stuff became like a big industry, and you could do stuff, and you got into the '60s. Like, yeah, like you finally 50s, saw yeah. stuff like this, and finally saw stuff like the Beatles. And but, but the point I'm trying to make is that stuff didn't literally it existed in the ether at that point. And these these players were pulling it out of the ether, uh, and and doing stuff that had just not been put down on record. And everything from every point forward is something you've already heard. 
And but what a lot of what Glenn Campbell was able to do was subvert this country playing, put it into pop music, and it just had never been done. Yeah. Well, part of that was his his demeanor. Yeah. He was a likable yeah guy, and so he. That's why he was a TV star. <laughs> well, he was exactly right, and, yeah. and and also and also. We talked about this before, but he had Al Laurie producing him. Al Laurie was yep. not a country guy. He was an L.A. guy, or I think did the strings, did all right. this stuff. And so was not coming at it with an Owen Bradley interpretation. Right. Was coming at it with a completely different interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it worked. Or, you know, you could have had Klaus Ogerman or something. Right. But, you know, somebody bringing this different approach that, that worked really well, and it, and it appealed to the the pop crowd, so, but the country crowd. I assume there are people in the country crowd actually who hated it. Who probably oh, yeah. thought it was probably thought Oh Jesus! Yeah. Rhinestone Cowboy was just like that. Was the point where people like that's where the point where like my aunt and uncle like got on on board, even though they liked them. They were just like yeah, because they was they were just of the right age, right? And it, I've gone back and revisited that song, and I I love that song. But oh, it's a motherfucker when it came, out, I I, when it came out. I didn't like it at all. It's a motherfucker of a song, but it's so specific to the the exact time it was released, mm-hmm. which doesn't. No, I know. Well, yes, no. I mean, I just think it's a really it's 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 got the great Glenn Campbell quality of this wide open. Big, you know, yeah. the best Glenn Campbell stuff is just wide open, mm-hmm. right? And. uh and it has that, and I never heard that until like six or seven years ago. I don't even know what caused it. And I was just like, "That's a great that song is right in there with the Jimmy Webb songs." And I never would have thought I thought. That. I mean, the production well, may be okay, a little so. dated, you know, but the song itself yeah. is, is absolutely okay. uh, it's 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 I, you know to it's me, a joy. I, I want to I want yeah. I want to come back to what you're about to say, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, I want to no play, play one more track real quick because I think this track is actually. Um, you know, we've been talking about like how far he he would get out in country, but I think this one which one are you talking I, about? I was going to be, it won't bring her back. Yeah, that yeah, to yeah, me yeah, is, that, that to me is, and, and, I just, just wanted to mention that Vince Gill is a great fucking guitarist. Yes, he's he the is. best. <laughs> he is great. But, this, but, is but this, the, this is one of the key tracks. Yeah, this is one of the key tracks in the album. Jimmy Webb's song, too. Yeah, because, yeah, it's Jimmy Webb's song, and it is the sound of somebody just like, man, I wanted to play that song. And, Again, so, you know, and, yeah, absolutely. And so, so, play this fucking, no, he like, sings rock it country he sings song. It a, he sings it a, So, uh, it won't bring her back. What you doing sitting here The closing time so near Looks like you need a friend, so I will volunteer. Looks like you're in a world of trouble, only one thing it could be. You gotta get a grip on it, mister, this is not the remedy. And it won't bring her back, and it won't stop the pain. It won't make you feel any better soon You keep drinking that old Jack You're gonna end up under a train You can lay down on the railroad track But it won't bring your baby back It won't 
bring her back. Uh, that is, first of all, it's a great country song. It's a great Jimmy Webb song. It's great. Um, it is everything country music should be. And adding to the dark humor of the record. I mean, like, he's he, he's constantly w- winking at the fact that, like, this for him, this is all going away. And and that is, I, I don't know if that's brave. I don't know if that's being a dick. I, I don't know what it is, but I know. It's not being a it, dick. It, it doesn't it's matter. Brilliant. It's brilliant it's on human. one level. Yeah. It's being human. I think it's, um, I mean, I. it's funny that you say that, and I noticed that, in the, and there's a, it's a continuing sort of refrain in in the songs, and yet I didn't necessarily read into it that that was, that was, and I want to say tongue-in-cheek, I know you're not saying that, but that that was necessarily... Well, I think it is. That, like, it may be. We don't, I don't know. Two, two songs later, she, think, all, she thinks I still care. Yeah, but it's <laughs> also... <laughs> he doesn't. Right. funny. But, cl- but also, just as clearly, though, that's that's a classic yeah. George Jones song. I, I know. I yes. wouldn't, so if you're thinking, I've always wanted to sing the George Jones song, yes. I, yes. you could understand that. You're like, okay, yes. well, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's It's... it's and it's I'm not certainly poo-pooing what you're saying. I just I think it's you know we're reading tea leaves, and he's not a, yeah. in a condition to say that. You know, in this record, I just read this recently because I mean i I did my homework before. Yeah, I, good job. I, I, good I, I, job. I did research. Good job. I'm a lawyer. I just I just yeah, do that yeah, automatically. Sure. So I just another do research. lawyer. Yeah, I do research. God damn, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> we are a lawyer magnet. Like everybody who ends up in this basement is a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not proud of it, but whatever. It's so right. anyway, um, but you know, the the whole idea of being prepared and researching yes. and stuff—that's yeah. just part of you know. Yeah. It, it's really about not making an asshole out of yourself in public. <laughs> right. well, but in any fair. event, I think though that the, the one of the the negative feedback things that came out when this record was, I guess, when it came out, which is just a couple months ago. Was that it was exploitative? That the family was exploiting him. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, we'll probably never know exactly how it went down, and certainly he's in no position to say, and it will not be. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, that that didn't ring true to me in part mm-hmm. because when I saw them on tour, that never crossed my mind. He was having a blast, and sounded awesome. Had nothing to be ashamed of at all. Sure, was 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 wonderful. And I said it wasn't heartbreaking. It was poignant in a way, but mostly it was just like it was affirming and you know, fucking entertaining. It was like yeah. it's a good this guy is awesome. Who wouldn't want to see somebody who plays great songs and who is awesome at it? That's great. Right. You know, so so <laughs> That's all we it, that's all we it, want. And if that's and if that's if he's being exploited to make this happen, that would surprise me a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's who he is. That's that's what that's his whole life, that's his career, that's his whole and life. And I think that's despite I mean, I know at the end of the documentary they sort of get into that a little and the, Do they? the, the yeah, the drama of Well, I mean his family that. was but, part you know, of his band. But, but, but that but that was also like the worst part of the documentary because it's like nothing I give a fuck about. It 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 was you know Isn't it speculative ultimately? It's it, yeah, it's it's speculative ultimately. And really, what uh, and what the documentary did a good job of portraying, and I think this album sort of drives that home, is concentrating on the music that this man made. You you made a you made a comment off mic yeah. before we came down here that you thought it'd be funny to say if you talk about something as if they are music. Yeah, and and I think when you're talking about people like Glenn Campbell, I think Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people that he's covering 
even on this. You know, there are there is, uh, and that's that's sort of what I was talking about in, in in the Big Bang of music. It's like the stuff at the beginning is that as we get further away from that, it's for some people at least it's harder to get back to fundamentals, and then you end up with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Well, what are sometimes what are what fundamentals? Well, just good songs. Okay. So, okay. Good okay. songs. Be, yeah. Being good at your instrument, being able to sing. Well, those are two different things. Good songs and being good at your instrument are, are different. Uh, okay. Are okay. Different yeah. Why do you say that? Because this this ties into the point I wanted to make earlier. Um, there's the thing when, like, I get a sense, like, Glenn Campbell, studio musician. You're sitting in front of your instrument. You're sitting in front of your instrument. The song comes in. There's no really arrangement around the song. There's a general, like, kind of idea of what the song should sound like, but there's no arrangement. So this is a man who, for his entire life, just sat and stared at words and put arrangements around these words. Well, some of that, I mean, they, some of them were probably, you know, but, yeah, but like, he but could do, what, like a, but he like could do whatever. He could do whatever. Right. And that's the thing, too. Well, for like, Phil Spector, you knew exactly what you had to well, do. Well, of course. Right? But, you know, yeah, so, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure that there's some people who are just like, like when the monkey sessions happened, it was like, we have these words. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, play the Beatles, would you? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and whatever you guys want to do. Soul. Like that. Right. <laughs> whatever you guys want to do to make that thing sound like rubber soul, do do it. Yeah. And whatever that sounds like to you. And that's the thing. It's like, he's one of those rare people that, like, both sides of the equation just seems so relatively easy that, like, the music that comes out of it. Oh, yeah. It's just like. Water. It's not. There's no. There's, yeah. There's no. There's no translation necessary. No. There's no filter. It's just. I, like, I actually just saw Paul Simon. I actually just wrote about Paul Simon, and he's the same way. Yeah. It, it, well, he's it, one of my upper echelon <laughs> yeah, heroes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think. Well, well, it's funny because one of the greatest songwriters ever. Because he he is to me, but I haven't listened to him in a while. You go through phases where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna obsess on something, and then you oh, of don't. Course. And then, of course. But I hadn't, and and we took our family out to see the, him at, at Wolf Trap, and halfway through the show, it was like, uh texted our, our photographer and I was like, oh, I'm writing about this. Because it 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 was a reminder of that like that just like channel into something else that you forget about from time to time. He's a he's and he's a giant, obviously. And, yeah. and and he's a guy who but it, but I don't, can do anything. It, but I don't think he's a giant because of like necessarily what he did. I think he's a giant because of what he does. Like how he because what you shouldn't, is. yeah, well, yeah, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, or pick a pop artist from today, uh, mm. and you won't expect them fifty years later to be able to deliver a performance of the same intensity that they did yeah. that time. That okay. so one of my buddies who wrote one of the songs in the Chainsmokers album that we savage. <laughs> um, I was talking to him about this Glenn Campbell podcast because whenever I do these like epic things like my buddy Imad is like really clued into this stuff and I go imagine a time in life if you had to write a song and there wasn't a dollar attached to it if there wasn't an expectation that this song was going to have to make somebody somewhere well six I, do, figures. I do that all the time I write songs all the time right. with, with, no, with no monetary right. but, promise. But, but this, this is going to be podcast number two, by the way. This is a, this is a nice right. little segue. So there's this thing <laughs> with like with like songwriters now, especially on the pop side, where each song has a dollar value attached to it. It's like, okay, because there's not a lot of money in the industry and you're expecting like top dollar output for a song, whether it's on streaming or whatever. And like you write the song, you expect it to make like 
1.2 million dollars or something like that's like the expectation like okay we're gonna make wait, wait who expects X amount that of from whom the label expects that from the song because they have to recoup whatever and they have to at do least they now to... expect that yeah because i don't think nobody's making much money but anymore, they're expecting you know? like at least one or two songs a year because the industry has to sustain itself have to be the song that makes the most money Okay, whether that's yeah, in I, a commercial, I, I believe right. you, I just don't know. Yeah. Right, whether that's in a commercial or that's... You're not a, working in that space. Right. I'm not, awesome, but I write pop music, yeah, so you it's, do. it's yeah, sort yeah, of a yeah, 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 weird yeah, thing, awesome, you know. But here's yeah. the thing. When you write in that space and you write for that kind of like narrow thing, the number of topics and the number of words and the number of like ideas that you can emote are so narrow are so small the box is like minuscule and then i'm like so comparatively to like glenn campbell and like and like the music you can play even the sounds you can make are so, the box is so small because there's like okay well there has to be a sick ass drop right there there just has to be because that's just what is cool right now sure yeah. or there has to be like a cumbia sweep at the bottom of this track because that's what's cool we can't do any other thing and then it's like if you're like glenn campbell you're just kind of like well I think right here, I'm going to play this. Yep, that's play what I'm playing. Play a guitar song. <laughs> yeah. well, like, may, I'm going to do that. It because, may be. Because the songs are so good that they're going to be hits anyway. Well, you can kind of do It's probably do. true to some extent, although the hit thing is but when, when a little the, bit indeterminate. You, you, you know, you don't mm-hmm. know what's going to necessarily... But when they were making, when he was making, when he was making the songs that were being sung on this album... Well, on this album, he just did. So right, but not, you yeah. know that like these songs, even back then, hit songs. Like you know, like I don't think everyone, everybody's talking that you heard it and you're like, this should be huge, right? Yeah, right. You know? and so, but, but then I would say the same thing for "Back of the Car" by Big Star. That should have been huge. Yeah, and five people knew of it until <laughs> until 1990. Well, and we did. We actually did a whole podcast on that uh, because of the uh, "Thank You Friends." I don't know if you've seen yeah. that. It's amazing. Uh, and it's amazing. John Davis, you know John Davis, right? I know John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he actually played with them at the 930 Club when they did that tour. Oh, up cool. Um, and uh, they are the weird anomaly, I think, in all of this that were like, that won the pop game as far as like creators and people just move on by, just keep on going. Well, they, they won. I mean, they. If, if, I mean, if you take any. I saw this ridiculous. Ad or a tweet saying because Chris like, Bell like, didn't win anything. <laughs> Chris Bell did not win anything. You know, and so I mean, I, I think I think they were. No, but, they but were... there's a ridiculous tweet like uh, somebody tweeted out because and now because of the the documentaries out now they're like here's the best big star greatest hits. I'm like they only had fucking three albums. Go and get the three albums. God damn it! Right, right, like, right. And not and, that much to listen to. Yeah, really. yeah. It's not that much to listen to, and it's all yeah. Yeah, I wish, I wish there were more. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But that shit like blew my mind when like you're thinking like okay. So you don't have, like, any of these limitations. Like, the industry is kind of like this thing that, like, makes as much money as it wants to make. Because this is a net era where, like, well, the, the revenues are starting to, like, climb. You know, like, when he was at the, the height of his, you know, faculties. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that was a that was a great time for yeah. the big labels, you know. And then, like, comparatively now, it's like everything is minimized. It's like every day you're like, wait. Well, you said this earlier when we were upstairs. Yeah. Now, with, 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 with not just the digital distribution, but with, yeah. with even with even go back 25 years of home recording. I mean, punk rock was about empowering people who didn't feel empowered before. Yes. Right. And and that's awesome. But it also means you get a deluge of just shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, anybody None of this can make a shit, by the way. No, no, no. But anybody yeah. can make a right. record. 
and put it out. And now, of course, now, I mean, I think Bandcamp is great. Yeah. I yeah. love Bandcamp. Uh, I like Spotify, you know, but you can get stuff out there and it could be the sound. And it often is sometimes you have somebody scratching their ass. That's like, that's yep. what yep. it is. <laughs> um, so punk rock f- liberated that, but there's always a price. Right. You know, yeah. nothing's for free. The price is we have to delve through all this horse shit. Yeah. With, back then, there was a filter that some people would say is a fascist filter. Yeah. The big labels controlled everything. Yeah. And if you couldn't meet specs for Capital and Warner Brothers, and yeah. the record wasn't going to get made. Yep. And, and if it yeah. got made, you were going to have to pay for it, put it out on a private press, and your parents would hear it. That was it. Yep. You know? Yeah. So... It's a different system. I don't know what's better or worse. I think that, you know, you got to trust artists to be artists. Right. And know that some people just aren't good at it. But I, 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 but, I think yeah, you're leaving out the, a component of that system. Though. I probably what, 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 several. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> but, but it was a good, it's a damn good summation of it. Um, is the A&R guy. The guy, the guy who is saying, you need to get this. Because I, I just looked this up. Uh, over his career, he had 80 different songs on either the Billboard Country Chart, Billboard Hot 100, or Adult Contemporary Chart. 80. And if you think about... <laughs> well, no, that's absurd. Yeah. That, you're right, right. 80. But, but that's what I'm saying. That's 80 songs. And people talk about, like, writing albums these days, writing... Like, most bands have a career, like, what, two, three albums? Tops? I, I don't know. I, you know. I I don't know either. You know, um... 80. 80. He, he's, <laughs> 80 fucking songs. he's an anomaly though so, because he did have he crossed over into different genres right. very easily unlike most folks yeah. even then so so what you, know? you had was was at that time like a and r guys going and really pushing these tracks and and it was it was a i mean we're getting people are like we're getting into a singles based era here mm-hmm. it was a singles based era there like it, it well and you had and you also had payola then. You also you had arguably, payola. Mm-hmm. To, to loop back to what you emailed yeah, us, yeah. you arguably have payola now. Yeah. You know? Sure do. Uh, so I never under... I, it, it's weird to say this. I never really understood the huge problem with payola. Like, that's the way... That's We live in a capitalist... Well, it well, works well, that, that way. Let's, let's do this. Then. Let's it, do this. Because, because we're, 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 we're eking up on Thursday's podcast now. Oh, I didn't so, know. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I didn't be, know be, that. Because I realized... Because here's the thing. Because we, we, we need to talk about that, and I think we can talk about it in terms of Gun Campbell as well. Okay, yeah, you totally at, at that age. Uh, but uh, but um, right now, I I, I want to like not paint this sort of swan taint. song uh, of Glenn Campbell's uh, with with that discussion because I think I think the man deserves it. I think uh, when you know this is this is this is it. This is an artist we haven't lost. We lost. I mean, we've been down in the basement. Talking about Bowie, yeah, you were nice. down here. We lost Prince. We we've lost a lot of great artists, and this is one that people some people just let go. Well, but I think, but I think it, it's important that you dig now back into. Oh, it's 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 it repays the effort. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But one, this actually relates to our conversation because at a time where, on one hand, he had a tremendous amount of freedom to do what he wanted to do, yeah. presumably. To get there, the bar was way higher than you know. He he had to the the state had to say okay. Yep. Yeah. Once he was in, and he got in as a studio musician and did whatever, did what he was told to do, and eventually got some autonomy, presumably, and was able to make music that you know was kind of timeless. But only because he got past the gatekeepers, 
Yeah. We don't really have gatekeepers nope. now. And there's something very liberating and 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 free about not having gatekeepers. And there's also something very interesting about having gatekeepers mm-hmm. because he had to, that that's a system he worked in. And and it was probably obvious to people quickly right that he was you know silly gifted. Yeah. And he could do anything. Yeah. And and what's amazing about that is usually people who can do anything don't do much of anything. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> because they're like, you know, right. jack of all trades, master of none, yeah. or whatever, you know? Yep. And here's a guy who could do everything and still had his own voice, had his own thing. And maybe partially lucky, maybe lucky that he was paired with Al Lori. I mean, who knows why that happened, but he had that. So he's a very unique performer in the sense that he was a jack of all trades and a master of a few. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's pretty Rare. unusual, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. really a brilliant guy. And, and, uh, and we said it before, a great singer, he's an interpreter extraordinaire in right. the Sinatra level in some ways. Well, I mean, that's too big. But, but, but yeah, it's, 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 in, it's in the conversation. I think, I, I think that's it's right. Yeah, yeah, it's and, he's, and he's also a killer guitar player. It's a killer guitar player, yeah. yeah. And, and is also an entertainer. I mean, he's just right. a so, guy, so you know, he has that, he's likable. So, so usually what we do is we... Um, we don't have to grade it now, do we? Yeah, no, no, but but then no, 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 here's the thing: it's like usually what we do is we grade albums, and and we give it a a buy it, a try it, or a pass. Oh, okay. And but in this case, we've never really done anything like this. Like it was sort of unexpected. That it was like, let's just talk about Glenn Campbell. Let's do the whole thing. Right, we're gonna talk about something totally different. Huh? That's how, when we first hooked up. We we're going to do something totally different than Glenn Campbell. Oh, we are. You called you, but you called the audible. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, late. Yeah, 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 which yeah. is fine. Yeah, you're was, right. Yeah, you're right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were going to talk about Roger Waters, right? Which we may, which we may still do. That's fine. Yeah, but um, uh, but but in this case, I think it's I think it's a matter of uh, final takes on like, I guess Glenn Campbell's career. What 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 the shit means to you guys? Um, buy it. You buy it, yes. Okay. Buy the whole career. Whole career. Yeah. No, no, okay. Yeah, I think I think that's even right. the shit is worth I, going I, through. I'm, okay. I'm actually gonna go with you. I'm like buy every if you if you have like Apple Music or Spotify, just listen. You to can go on there. Are, there can. are at least ten different compilations of like the Capital Years is the best. Capital one. Years. Oh, is, the Capital Years. Yeah, <laughs> Capital sick. Years is the best. One. It's sick. Just but, like, right. like, but but do that and then and then at some point. Fit this in and like fit this in. Ghost on the Canvas is a good Ghost record. On the Canvas is that a great song. record, and the record even before that, yeah, was this is Glenn Campbell. Yeah, it's got some awesome stuff do, on it. Do all that. It's not perfect. It's got some throwaways too. But so what? Do do all that and and and, and then dig as deep as you want. Like, like if you're feeling it, like there's so much. There was so there's so much to be found in this guy's career. And so many different branches that you can go off on. Okay, the most frustrating thing about Glenn Campbell is that we used to have a million Glenn Campbells, or theoretically, in the mu- or, or seemingly in the music industry. He had like, and, and it was a time like where like, okay, you you could trip over people who had like virtuoso level musical ability, and they they played on all the great songs, and it's what we're talking about. And now we're at a place. In, in life where all of these people are no longer with us at a growing rate and it's frightening. And you're just like, wow, 
horrifying. Yeah, so you're just like, oh my god. Like when like Glenn Gable, I remember specifically where I was, and I'm just like, no. I'm like, because because for me, it's like he was the first artist that like a lot of ways introduced me to like what pop country could be. Because right. he was a translator of all of these various different songs into like a very specific style of music that, like to me, was like this is catchy. I like this, all of this. So you don't have many of these people left. And if you're going and like if you're going to listen back through this, like the thing to do is to just realize like there was once a time in the world where this was normal. Well, that's that's true. Yeah. Although <laughs> I don't I don't find it horrifying in this sense. I you know. And we talked about this super briefly, I think, yeah. or emailing. Um, most of my heroes in jazz music have been dead for a long time. Some of them were long dead before right. I was born. Right. They're alive as far as I'm concerned. When I was a kid, my favorite I mean, this is my favorite fiction writer was a guy named John Cheever. And Cheever wrote uh mostly short stories for New Yorker mm-hmm. and wrote a few novels, and he was just just it, it it hit me. It made me want to write. And he was in the seventies, and and in some point in the eighties, I was a kid. He died, right? And I remember going upstairs. I was, you know, my parents on TV. The news. I knew he'd been sick. Whatever. I went upstairs, looked at the stories of John Cheever, and he was alive. It that's the beautiful thing about recording. It's the beautiful thing about writing things down. Is and and, and from the perspective of somebody who does it, there's a there's a certain sense of it's forever now again shit is also forever i guess but the point is that doesn't i don't have despair in that that's the natural way of things you know uh people get old and then they die and then and and the question is is do they leave something behind that you can yeah you know that that, that can that can be alive and spur to people I, to do stuff i keep watching this thing it, it looks like Toronto to me. It like is when Toronto. You first pu- is it? it? It is Toronto. That's yeah. so funny. I'm like, as you drive into Toronto, yeah. that's what it looks like. But I thought this was like some sci-fi thing. No, no, it, it, it's a it's a screensaver. I love I love Toronto. So it's that's so funny. I I think I stayed at that hotel right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, that's true. We both uh, like you're friends with somebody, and and like I personally like cheated death. <laughs> it, there's no, there's but there, there, there's nothing like necessary to. It's not something to be scared of. It's not something. It's just it, it is like you don't like worry about it. But I, I think to Marcus's point, it uh, when David Bowie died, there was a whoosh. Oh yeah, right. Oh, still feeling it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it sucked the air out of the universe for a little while. When Prince died, it like. I don't even know what the fuck that was still. And the point I think you were trying to make, Marcus, is that we have all these talented people and we've gotten worse. I think this is on you and me. No, totally. At at finding them, at facilitating them and making them. Because if you look at like what we, what what is considered the best, what is what's held up and and what is moving forward is like this is a thing that our culture is it's not that and it's not that it's not that in of course it's not going to be the same it's not objectively in many cases as as complicated as coherent as 
skilled as but you know, it's just you, it fills a space. Right, but when you and, say, and, you know, and and what I think all of us in the space would want more than anything is art that doesn't just fill a space. It has to fill your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would that's fair. I mean to me it's like the whole idea is to like when I when I like review music or when I like critique music or when I, you know, talk about like creating culture around music or whatever. It's the idea of like making things appear normal that otherwise seem if you're like, you know, kind of like approaching music to be abnormal. Like the career of Glenn Campbell at a time when he was the most popular artist in the world was the most normal thing in the world. Yes. Like Glenn Campbell was on broadcast television once a week for two hours being brilliant. Just like as, as much as I could get up and scratch my ass, Glenn Campbell could be on TV and just be brilliant. True. He also and, did stuff that was cheesy. I mean, right. You but, know, but even yeah. in the cheese, because I grew up on the cheese. No, no, no. I'm, I'm all like, for it. You know, the cheese musically was brilliant. You're just like, wow. Like, how do you do that? That's that's and, and the key now is that we're at this place now in culture and also in music where I feel like because we think we've seen everything, like now we're like, okay, like it isn't, we, we've like tried to find something that's like anti-brilliance and elevated it to a state of like amazingness because what is brilliant and what is amazing feels too commonplace. Well, so you so you like, lose like, a what, lot of what so are we you, saying is what are we saying okay, is brilliant? Okay, now? so I'll give you an example. Like okay. like when you look at like um vocalist Ritz, we are having a conversation about this. Like when you look at somebody like and not disparaging anybody, I'm just saying that it's different levels to, of conversation. <laughs> so you say like lawyer. Right. So no, you say So say that there's like, you know, like unknown independent artist X who has a great voice and who does a great thing. And then you look at somebody like Lord or Katy Perry or Rihanna or somebody who's like elevated to this standard. Oh, well, I'll give you a good example. Adele. Right. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Who is, is, is the musical version of the nineties NBA. <laughs> right. Everything's a clear out for isolation. <laughs> yes. There's no song. It's just yeah. this voice. Yeah. You know, yes. I yeah. fucking hate that shit. I don't deny that she's got a powerful voice. She does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't not deny that she can sing. But it's there's no song there. It's just a showcase for the voice. Yeah, it's like it's, just, it's yeah. Jordan one on one. We'll yeah. watch, right? You know, and, and is, I fucking and hate that. I hated the NBA then, right? And I hate that kind of and thing. It's in frustrating music. because you know, like I, I, I'm, you know, I'm wearing Clyde's, so understand that, that right. for you, Eduardo. Yes. Eduardo couldn't, who couldn't be here, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like. Well, <laughs> and I'm wearing some Puma Clyde's, right. and that so, shows you my yeah. So affiliation. to me, it's very much about like we're at a place when you get back to Glenn Campbell, where you want to highlight the technical gift and also like the communal gift and the thing that like creates. And that's the thing with, with what he did is that you create community through music. You don't just like elevate this thing and put it on a pedestal and just look at it like, oh, okay, well that's that, but everything else is shit. Yeah. But it's well, that's like be believing the hype versus earning, yeah, the, yeah right. right. Sure. And then it's and like Amy Winehouse, right. Who was extolled, deserved it. Right. She was yeah. fucking amazing. Right. You and know, the thing that she's she did, had it. And the thing that she did is that her music, you know, just like Glenn's music, created a communal space where, like, if you listen to her music, you also listen to, like, every single artist that she covered or every single artist that sounded similar. Well, you know, right. Thankfully, like, to the Dap yeah, yeah, the if you listen to her. The fact that she was paired with the Dap Kings 
And that's who's also like Mark Ronson. It was in that room as well. Like everything that was part of that communal space of music became elevated. Well, you said something interesting there. It was just true. Is that is that what she did? And one of the reasons that she was great was not just that her, you know, that she was great was that she might lead you to Nina Simone. Right. You know, of course. And might lead you to some other people that you may or may not have known, but you know, uh, and that's what's and that's but that's that's been that way forever because the Beatles were really they existed to, to lead you to Little Richard or whatever yeah. you know and they, they owns, that's what they, they wanted too. to do John they Lee wanted, Hooker like they, they, they wanted to point to that and say right. and this is the that. shit you and know? we don't do that anymore because it's like and as right. a writer you're like okay so like you always write to the point like for me it's that's what it's one of the reasons why I I'm sitting in a spaceman I'm not sitting in L A or sitting in New York <laughs> or whatever. Is like I I don't write to the point, I write to like open up the the door to like every single other thing that I know. And you you've you've critic you've 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 had to edit my writing, so you know yeah, I do this. I, I do not. Where it's I like do I don't look up and go, okay, so we're writing to that point. No, it's like the great musicians, the great music to me forces you to have to like go back and think about every other part of like yep. the community of music that made this thing great. And that's the thing with Glenn Campbell is like when you listen to that stuff, you're just like, wow, okay. So like he's so good because he's able to, like you said, like the songs are so big and any song, not just his songs, but any song that he touches because of the way that he. Well, as you said before, they're all his songs. Right. Because he makes them his songs. Yeah, they're just, he just opens the song so big. Are you going to rise them on Sunday? Because I hope you are. Well, I should. David Murray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going it, to... Yeah, so I, I may have like, to sleep there. Yeah, so it's like one of those things, right, <laughs> where you open up the song and you make it about the communal thing, and so you can't... Like, you can't listen to like, like him doing, like... Uh, you can't listen to him doing Everybody Talking without being like, okay, where's Harry Nelson in the room? And then when you listen to Harry Nelson's version, you're like, okay, everybody influenced him. Like, when I listen to, like, Adele, well, I can't think of anybody but Adele. Yeah, right. Adele literally, like, it blocks it, out the sun. Yeah. It doesn't make you want to listen to music. No. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, no, I understand that. I, I go to a, I go to, you know, Earth Treks is this indoor climbing place. Yeah. I do that every once in a while. And, you know, they play music that's either good or whatever. And whoever's playing music just sucked. And there were two Adele songs. And, and one of them was that song she did, uh... Hello from the other side. No, it's really deep. I they played that, which is pretty idiotic, but is comparatively brilliant compared to the rumor has it thing. Oh god, oh, rumor! Yeah, yeah, and she yeah, just yeah. sings like this Ooh. fucking and like yeah. like all right, so you can do a. I don't, you know, it's some something of some, and I am an Anglophile. Understand that yeah. I am a true Anglophile. But sometimes when the English try to do R&B and soul, it's just, yeah. I have to hide under a rock because it's embarrassing. Yeah. And this is one of those things. It's like, it's just, it, every edge is sanded off. And she got, she's got the pipes. Yeah. But that's, who cares? That's just a genetic freak thing. I don't right. care. That's yeah. not art. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down on her. I, in fact, I saw her interviewed and she was super likable and really smart and cool. I don't care. This is the music doesn't move you, and that's that, bullshit that, yeah. stuff. It's just it's like it's like the producer says, "Okay, we're running in isolation here." Yeah, you know, yeah. MJ yep. on the poor schmuck who's guarding it. That's <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. and yeah. that's that's the song. And yeah. it's like, well, that's boring. I thought that twenty years ago. I think that now it's boring. I don't care. 
you know, I, that was uh, that's one of the well, that, that's why you should listen to like Glenn, people like Glenn Campbell and people like stuff like you because because you'll it's all get there. yeah because it's all there and you've got and, the voice but it's not relying on yeah that. it's not relying on that it's relying there's so, there's some there's some magic there's some some purity that is being uh, diffused as well, the we capital move stuff on especially the huh? capital stuff is oh the cap- singing is amazing the, the arrangement's <laughs> look, amazing out the production look, is the, the, top, the, the top capital the-, the capital records collection is an album that if you don't have it in, like there's Maybe four, four or five albums you have to have in a collection, and that's it. Like that's one of them. Well, it's great because even the songs that are lesser songs, and there are some, are still worth hearing. Yeah, there's still a lot of good stuff in there's there. A few, there's you a know? few uh, exercises in misogyny. Well, yeah. Well, look, hey, I like Porter Wagner, so yeah, I yeah, hear yeah, you. Yeah, 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 his catalog yeah, 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 is, yeah. is killing his, is yeah. killing his wife. Yeah, yeah, or his girlfriend. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. But but, I mean, but it is. But uh, but no, and there's a, but there's songs that are sort of little gems that like Bowling Green that I'd never heard before. And yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and so I mean, your Nico Cases version of that? Awesome. No, I haven't. It's but I fucking phenomenal. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. I like Nico Case, but you know this is. But this record, I saw the title, "Adios." Mm-hmm. I think it's a little morbid, um, and a little pat. Yeah. Uh, but then again, when I saw him play, it was the farewell tour, so he yeah. was already he's already on to that. <laughs> he's he's already fun, like well, yeah, he's doing. He's that. already on. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it came down to it though. Uh, I I had some suspicion about the record, but it's, and you know, some of the some of the music is. Kind of the Nashville new country thing with some drums, and I just it's yeah. no point to that. Yeah, but it actually is, and partially it's just his presence. I think that's part of it, but it's an enjoyable record. It's I, not yeah. a masterpiece. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to. Be. You know, it's just a it's just a solid sort of. Here's some songs I wanted to get out it's, there before I couldn't do it yep, anymore. It's and ca- I'm all, it's capturing the guy so easy. Not in his prime, and he can being still like, just being sing like, his ass off, and he can still sing and play Jeez, his ass off. His range him. is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, here's a guy. I mean, it's just really amazing to me. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It, I it, say it, yeah on this record. We'll go back to your system. I'm like, yeah, you definitely want to. If, if we wanted to, do, so you say so you would say buy it. I would I'm say like, I it. would say you know, of course, in the Spotify world, I say just save it. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there, but there, yeah, there it's worth that. it's worth listening to. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to make any claims for it. Like it's going to be. Listen to it all the time, but it's got some nice stuff, and really, just for every, everybody's talking, it's worth having. That that I that, would actually <laughs> actually agree with that. Yeah, that so version, good. like that if, you, version if, you, is... if you can pick this up on vinyl, like and just to have that and just yeah. like spin that once, never touch it again because vinyl the will degrade. Right. Well, that's, but yeah. it's it's no, yeah. it's it's a really totally. yeah, it's a sweetheart version of it, and 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 the Jimmy Webb song that you played, which yeah, again, production is a little over the top, but man, it's he sings it. Beautifully. Yeah, he really right kind of takes it apart, and 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 it's it just shows that whatever was going on with him medically or whatever, he was still able to dissect that with some precision. Yep, and really nail it. So it's it's cool, you know. And and you know, and I I hope what I read about him is true that he's no, he doesn't know anybody or speak English or understand English, but that he's basically happy. Happy, you know. I mean, it's it's a fucking horrible way to go. But I say that as an outside. Maybe having it if you're in the right situation. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's not the worst way to go. I don't know. 
but it's, maybe, maybe uh, it's snowing. Maybe maybe there's something about music, and and uh, I'm not trying to like gross speculate, but maybe there's something about it that makes it okay. Well, maybe yeah. I mean, maybe he's got like all these awesome songs in his head. If this and was that's the, all if, he's got, if and this that's was, not a bad if this thing. Was, if this was the last thing he could do, which it was. I mean, it's just, this was the last. It was. Yeah. According to all accounts, this is the last facility to go. His ability to play music. I think that says a lot about music. It does. You mentioned this when we were talking earlier about the therapeutic value of music, and we don't really understand that probably, but... Sometimes. Here, I think, yeah, you know, it's it's also, though, I mean, because you said this, hmm? the dude is, is, is kind of, as much as anybody, you can say, is music personified, yeah. and he really is all about that. And so, you know, that was such a, such, so closely linked to his whole personality, his whole being... That that was the last thing he let go, and then when he let, you know, I I had seen an interview I think from a few years ago after this, and and he he and his wife were sitting down for an interview, and he was pretty out of it, but not totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said there's days you hand him a guitar, and he looks at it, it could be a cake, you know, <laughs> really. And then some days you hand him a guitar, and he's like Django Reinhardt. Yeah, it just you know, you never, you never knew which which version yeah. you were going to get, and that's. And that's really an interesting thing. I mean, it's sad on one hand, but the the non sad version is that some days he could be Django Reinhardt. I've never been able to be Django Reinhardt, and yeah, I don't think I. I mean, apparently, I'm pretty much medically sound. So you know, it's it's a pretty it's it's a gift that keeps on giving. He had achieved that ability, and he achieved that status, and he could go back. He could draw from that even when he couldn't draw on much of anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he could draw on that and. And and when that left, maybe he was ready to let it go. Like, yeah, right. You know, I'm just going to be kind of in space for a while. And eventually, I'll die. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's not a horrible thing. I don't know, but either either way, the album is a, is a uh, it's a cool record. I think it's a cool record. I think it's yeah. a fitting goodbye. Yeah, it is. Totally. I was skeptical a little bit when you sort of said we're going to talk about this record, not Roger Waters, and I'm like, oh. Adios. I was already. I was like. I, I, I was kind of like adios. I Trust little... me. I, I was. I was skeptical until I heard it, and then I heard now, it. He is holding a Rickenbacker on the cover, and that did make me feel a little bit better. It does. But, yeah. It can make you feel. Yeah, uh, Rickenbacker. But it was. It, and it, again, it's. 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 You know. It's. It's produced in a way that that doesn't always work, but it's his singing throughout is strong, yeah. and his personality is way in it all the time. Yeah. You can sort of. Which is all that. you can ask for in a record, it's awesome. man. No, it's, 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 awesome. It's, it's pretty cool. But also, Ghost on the Canvas. People should check that record out. Yes. No, we're we're going to put all kinds of links to his previous shit in the yeah. sentence. The Capital One, Ghost on the Canvas, uh, the documentary, all this stuff you also, should watch. this is Glenn Campbell. I think it's one he made prior to Ghost on the Canvas. It's got some really cool stuff on it's got, it. Well, I mean, except for the... the uh, the Smashing Pumpkins cover, but that's neither here nor there. Well, well yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Everybody takes an L. All right, we are going to be back on Thursday. Uh, you're going to be joining us on Thursday. Okay. And uh, and we're going to be talking about stuff that's not Glenn Campbell. Oh, Lord. Good night. Adios. Adios. Never really made it, baby But we came pretty close Adios, adios Glenn Campbell's Adios is available 
everywhere you can buy records. I think you should do it. I think more importantly, exactly what we said. Uh, if you have not dug into this man's material, if you're the type of person who likes great music, country or otherwise, uh, or if you're the person who likes to know their history, there are many uh, brilliant collections. The Capital Years is a good place to start, but uh, brilliant compilations where you can dig in and find the scope of this guy's music. Uh, it's not all country. It is uh, covers some like R&B, California pop. It's uh, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable career. And uh, and horrifying that we still have to sort of deal with diseases like Alzheimer's that can take take people from us. Um, well, that's just one of the diseases that can do that. But that is a uh, it's it's sad and tragic. And but the legacy I think he leaves behind um, is is remarkable, and we will always have that. So dig into it, kids. Um, and in case you know you are inclined to know, you didn't know too much about Glenn Campbell, and you want to go explore, we're gonna we're gonna jumpstart you here. You heard us talk about Jimmy Webb uh, uh, a lot in this podcast. He was a he's a I think he's still kicking, pretty sure. Uh, remarkable songwriter in the sixties and seventies that was covered by I don't know pretty much everybody. Um, and uh, you heard us mention Wichita Lineman as well, which is. For my money, one of the greatest songs ever recorded. It was recorded in 1968 um, by Campbell and members of the Wrecking Crew. It is, um, I've heard uh, R.E.M. cover it. I've heard it's been covered by literally everybody. It's just a remarkable, um, it sets it sets a tone and, and, and brings you immediately to a place that maybe you've been to, maybe you haven't, And uh, but it is, it is a classic an undeniable and unimpeachable classic, and uh, so so let's start here and see see what you think. And if you think, then jump over the show. Think it's cool? Jump over the show notes, then we'll we'll guide you to the rest. So here you go. Uh, this is Glenn Campbell from way back in 1968, Wichita lineman. I'm a lineman for the county And I drive the main roads Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine the Wichita lineman is still on the line I know I need a small vacation but it don't look like rain and if it snows, that stretch down south won't ever stand the strain. And I need you more than won't you. And I want you for all time. And the Wichita lineman is still on the line. 
That is the shit. That is the real deal. That is um, a shot straight from somewhere out in the universe through Jimmy Webb into Glenn Campbell and into your ears. It's perfect. So perfect. Um, so dig in. If you like that and, and you, and you, and you want to dig in, uh, find out more about Glenn Campbell, uh, email me, man. I'll, I'll turn you on to some shit. Uh, ask your friends, dig around, uh, watch the documentary, do all of that. Celebrate our legends, uh, whether they're here or gone, and uh, because uh, the work remains. And it makes us, not only informs us, but it makes us uh, what we are as human beings, I think, in a large part. Uh, thanks again to Marcus and Michael for coming down, hanging out all evening. And uh, that is our podcast for this Monday, kicking off your week. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a rating or a message there. We are on Google Play, Stitcher, and Mixcloud. Uh, we are hosted. Our site is hosted on Squarespace, which is awesome. But our podcast is actually hosted on Pippa, Pippa.io. Uh, they are right now. It's a startup. It is a free service. You can go and if you're looking to start a podcast, you can go get your own uh, space there. And they are extremely uh, responsive uh, to any questions you might have. And make it super easy to to get your own thing up there. So if, if you've been looking to uh, thinking about starting a podcast and like how do I do that, that's a good first step. And, and they'll walk you through it and they'll help you out. So uh, so good on Pippa. Also thanks to Jamal Gray for providing the music for this. Aquatic Gardener. Uh, it's what you hear off there. It's an EP put out last year. Um, might hit him up and see if he's got some new shit. I like to feature his stuff all the time through here. Uh, but you can buy that. Look forward to Nag Champa, his record coming out. And he has a new band called, I think, Raygun, R-A-Y-G-U-N, Raygunomics, a little more electronic, that uh, that the guys in Nag Champa are, are a part of. So be on the lookout for that if you're here in D.C. Maybe they'll take it on tour. Um, coming up on Thursday, we have a remarkable conversation uh, with a remarkable person a, who wrote a remarkable book. Uh, the name of the book is Sonata. Uh, the author's name is uh, Andrea Avery. She uh, coincidentally happened to sort of grow up with Eduardo. They went to the same high school, you know, Eduardo. Uh, so, so this will be Eduardo's first solo interview, and he, and he crushed it. Spoiler, but it's a it's a talk about um, disability. It's a talk about uh, about the need for um, understanding, not just the uh, people around you, but your your yourself. And, uh, and then we get in a little into uh, the 
horrors of the AHCA at the end of that, uh, which I think is timely because right now uh, we are in a uh, we're in crisis mode. If you are a normal human being in America right now, if you have a pre-existing condition like myself or just about everybody you know, at least they will at some point in their life. Uh, if you uh, don't make too much money and, and, and you face the threat of getting sick, if you are facing cancer for the second time, um, like a family member we just found out about today, uh, maybe uh, the prospects of, of how this might go down based on what uh, these pieces of shit are trying, to, are trying to ram down our throats in the name of taking care of Americans... Uh, is horrifying and and it will not stand. Uh, so important conversations. I think this Glenn this Glenn Campbell one was important conversations too. If you think about Alzheimer's, uh, it could happen to you. It can happen to anybody. And uh, and if you don't have coverage, if you don't have the means like Glenn Campbell did to properly take care of it, what do you do? It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy you. And, and it's, uh, you know, I've seen it. And I'm sure anybody, a lot of people you listening have seen it. And, and it's horrific. And uh, so we owe it to ourselves to, to build something that we can take care of each other in a humane way. So a mini healthcare rant there. But but that's, uh, that's going to tie together, I think, this episode and the next episode. So tune in then. And if you have a chance, read the book. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm about halfway through it. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal, and uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys out and about in live shows this week in DC. It's summer; that's when I get out. But Matt and Mauricio are out just about every night. Uh, if not, uh, we'll talk to you Thursday. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!